0: Hello there and thanks for joining me on the podcast today. Depression in children. Depression in our teenagers. What about the issue of depression in your home and in your family and particularly in your family if you have teenagers? I was struck the other day by reading an article that was brought to my attention. Some research by the Pew Network regarding American teens who found that 70% of them see depression and anxiety as the big issue for themselves and among their peers, depression and anxiety. You know, this concern about depression and anxiety was even larger than concerns regarding bullying and drug addiction or gang behavior. However, when you look at low-income families with teenagers, bullying, drug addiction, and gang behavior was an additional big issue for them. This article was originally published in New York Times. So where is this coming from? Where is this sense of depression and anxiety coming from in our kids? Who's generating it? Why is it happening? Why are we not combating it? Why are we not countering this issue of depression? Well, you know, I think it's a lot of things. You can't name any one thing. Parents are working a lot of hours. And we know that when parents, that's two parents, assuming a two-parent home, works 40 hours that kid does well thrives If those two parents work a total of 60 hours together those kids start to have some rough edges and start to have some areas of difficulty in their life but if those two parents are working 80 hours a week those kids are at risk the families of those kids are at risk so or the family of those parents who are working 80 hours a week are at risk so you know, here we are we have a home we have kids that have a home parents are not there. Parents are not there at the critical hours. Parents are not there at the critical times when kids come and go and when they're able to talk or ready to talk or willing to talk and want to talk. That's one thing. Here's another one. Parents are able to uh, become part of a child's life, but choose not to because they have other interests. They have other Opportunities. They have other challenges. They have other events to take place in. It isn't just their work hours, but it's the fact that they are engaged in a variety of other social and uh, community events, church events, and other kind of things that absorb an additional period of time in the course of the week, which draws that parent from the life of a child. So we have working parents, long hours and we have parents who are engaged in community and social events that also drive that parent away from the home and away from the child. So the child doesn't have a parent to talk to at those critical times. Here's the third one, what I call teacher disconnect. Teacher disconnect is this, teachers have been educated now and have been taught in in-service in training not to touch children in their classroom. So what we have is a disconnect. We have teachers who have been encouraged and have been taught to withdraw from kids, keep a distance from kids. Don't get involved with kids. Certainly don't touch them. Don't give them a a soft hand of encouragement or support. You know, we've been so concerned about teachers and students having misperceptions and mishandling of the issue of touch, but that has also taken away good touching appropriate touching, supportive touching, caring touching, and concerned by the part of teachers. So we have a teacher disconnect. And when they disconnect in that kind of physical way, they disconnect emotionally, and they disconnect socially. So we have a two-class system. We have the teacher in one level, and we have students at the other, and the two shall not meet together. So we have that disconnect going on, and kids suffer as a result of that disconnect. And then we have another thing. Here's a fourth one. Kids today don't belong to clubs and groups like they used to. The scouting program in America has decreased significantly. Attendance at church youth groups and youth meetings have decreased significantly. The availability of clubs in school, during school, after school, outside of school, have decreased considerably. Sports become the option, but it's a competitive game, and only Those that compete and those that will want to compete and who can compete become part of a sporting program of a school or community. And there are many, many other ways in which these kids are at risk or placed at risk because we as adults are not there. What do we do? Well, here's a number of things. Learn to listen to your kids. Learn to listen to them. Be there and learn to listen. Look at them in the eye. Sit down with them. Hold their hand. Touch their arm as they talk and as you talk together. But listen actively. Be engaged with these kids. Be open-ended. Do things with them. Go places with them. Enjoy them. Have them go places with you. Be connected as as, as many different ways as you can. And when your kid talks, paraphrase it back so that child knows that you did listen and you did understand and you do want to understand and you do want to help. And if you, misunder, if you misunderstood, they can correct you. They can help you. And then you obviously pray for your kids. Pray with them verbally right in front of them and pray with them privately. Okay, here are some of was other things you can do when we look at depression with kids. It is how do you prevent it? How do you prevent it? Let me just tick off a number of factors here of things you can do to prevent depression in children. Teach them problem-solving and decision-making. Put them in situations where they have to solve problems. Don't help them. See if they can figure it out. Put them in situations where they have to make decisions. Give them choices. Give them options. First, you give them options of this or that, A or B. Then you give them options of this, that, or the other thing, A, B, and C. Then you give them options of A, B, C, and D. You know, as they grow older and as they experience and as they mature. But teach problem-solving and decision-making to your kids. Secondly, teach assertive communication skills. Allow them and teach them to speak out and to speak out their mind, to speak out their feelings, to speak out their ideas, their, their um, answers to questions or their questions about things. Get them to talk. Get them to be open. Get them to be expressive. And when they do talk, thank them. When they do talk, praise them. When they do talk, ask for more. Encourage them. Become a talking family. Become a talking parent. Become a talking and listening interactional pattern with your kids. Here's number three. Teach empowerment and independence, not helplessness. Give your children a task to do and empower them to do it. Encourage them to do it independently and then praise them when they've done it. Give them opportunity to go places on their own and then praise them when they have achieved it. Try not to encourage what we call helplessness. Things they don't know what to do, they don't know how to do it, they can't do it. Yes, they can. Even math, kids can do. Give them encouragement that they can even do that. And here's the fourth thing. Teach positive self-esteem as well as teaching social esteem. Self-esteem is a child thinking well of himself, saying good things about himself. Teach him the ten things about himself that he can be proud of. Teach him what those things are. His seriousness, or his empathy, or his conscientiousness, or his persistence, or skills that he has, or whatever it might be. His ability to spell, his ability to write, his ability to do math, and so on. That's positive self-esteem. Teach him ten things about himself that you are proud of, and that you want him to be proud of, and that he can be proud of. And then in social esteem, teach him ten things that other people say about him that he can be proud of if he knew it. Tell him what those things are. Tell him what you think of him. Tell him what you think other people think of him. Tell him what you hear what other people think of him. Give him that social esteem coming from other people, what they think of him. Okay? And here's number five. Teach the value of positive rewards and how to get them. You know, when a kid does something right and does something well or does something that's an accomplishment or creative, you need to say, I am proud of you for doing what you've done. I'm happy for what you've just done. And then you have to add another little caveat, and it's this. And you can be proud of yourself too. And you have reason to be proud of yourself also. Go ahead and be proud of yourself because you did good. See, that's teaching positive reward. They need to learn how to reward themselves, but they also need to learn and hear that other people think well of them and praise them and approve them and affirm them. Okay, and here's number six. Teach the value of building a family bond. Children need a family bond. They need a family identity. They need a family ethos, the values of the family, the behavior patterns of the family, the way of life of the family, that it becomes part of everybody in that home. We share values. We share way lifestyle. We share hopes and dreams and goals, and we work together for them. But family bond is important. Kids have to feel that they belong to a family. That they are welcome in a family. They are wanted in a family. They are appreciated in the family. They are enjoyed in a family. Kids need to hear that. Kids need to know that. And you need to say it often, regularly, frequently. Help, teacher, help kids know. That they are part of a family and that there's a bond in that family. There's a commitment among family members to each other. They're going to serve each other and serve each other well. Okay, so we can prevent depression. We can avoid these kids feeling anxious and depressed and not have to be so concerned about it. That's your job as a parent. It's your number one job as a parent. And if you have to work fewer hours to get that accomplished, then do it. You can work longer hours later in life. But when you have young kids, junior high kids and high school kids, you need to be home more. Be home as much as you can. Cut out other things so that you are available to your kids. And then when they get a little bit older and they're on their own, you can go for more work and more involvement. You've got a lot of years ahead of you to do that. But sacrifice for your kids sacrifice for your kids. That's the word. Bye for now.